Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Mark, and I uh, get to spend some time with you today in the book of Matthew in chapter 10. And uh, we are in the 15th week of this series. This is the longest series we have ever done. Um, hopefully it doesn't feel like the longest series we've ever done, but maybe, maybe it is. But I have good news uh, for you that, that we will be concluding it next week if uh, you've had enough of it. So, uh, but, if, but if you haven't, then, um, well, fortunately for you, there's lots of red letters in your Bible, and you can just continue on with the red letters for the rest of your life, which I would heartily recommend. So, uh, wow. I was thinking about this and thinking about Mark chapter 10 and just thinking about invitations and, and being sent to, to do things. There's some things that, that we're excited about doing. Like there's, there's invitations that, that are appealing, right? Like uh, uh, you guys being invited to, uh, to come this, you know, next Sunday for Easter up at Child's. You know, it's a different location. It's going to be a special day. Um, you know, I was, we were in our final uh, uh, preparation meeting for it Friday, and I was just like really excited about everything that was going on. I was thinking like, this is something exciting, and, and, and we're really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, there's other things that we look forward to, like, uh, you know, going to maybe Disney World, you know, if you're a kid or something. Uh, when I was uh, a, new, a new parent with uh, my wee little Madison, uh, she was just old enough to really get the whole, it was actually Disneyland for us, uh, not the whole world. We just got stuck with the land. Uh, and and she really wanted to go. You know, have you seen those those home movie commercials they've been running lately? Gosh, I hate those. Sorry. Uh, she's old enough to like. You know, you know, as a, as a parent, you know, like the first you know three years, you can pretty much screw up, right? You know, and they're not going to remember. But but you know, they're like five, six years old, you know, you start to get into the long-term memory kind of place. You know, the stakes are a little higher. And uh, she's kind of in that five-year-old thing, first time to Disneyland. And so we go down, there's going to be a big, big day. And uh, uh, it was pouring with rain, just torrential downpour. It was just, it was terrible. And Shannon and I and Madison were there. And, uh, Shannon looks at me and is like, you know, we really can't disappoint Madison. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I think you should take her to Disneyland and I will stay here. So I was there and I was, what came this like really cool kind of like invitation to be able to spend with my family uh, at Disneyland that day was just, you know, just we had like trash bags on us and it's just pouring with rain and I'm like, yeah, this is fatherhood, you know. This is just, there's no way I would be here unless I was her dad. You know, there, I mean, there's invitations. That, you know, there's, there's things that, that we look forward to, to doing and, and going and, and, and being part of. But there's other things that, you know, not so much, right? You know, uh, you know yeah, you know, that, hey, 
you know, say that we're, you know, you, you're called or you have to go to an all-day, you know, kind of like training meeting or something, like sensitivity training. Like, I've never been trained in sensitivity. You may not know that. Uh, but, like, to me, like, like, if I was sent to go to a sensitivity training, like, I, 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 I don't know, man. I just, I don't think it would be, like, something I was looking forward to, especially somehow they, they like, are able to take, like, a 30-second concept and pack it into, like, a 12-hour seminar, you know? I mean, it's like, be sensitive, right? Good. You know, I got a flower shirt. I'm a sensitive guy, you know. <laughs> How much training do you need? But, but so we're kind of, you know, there's these different kind of ideas, right? There's, there's, there's things that you're sent to that you want to go to, like, you know, vacation or something like that. Or there's stuff that you don't want to go to, like sensitivity training. And here in Matthew 10, that Jesus is going to be sending his twelve. And it's kind of interesting the approach he takes. He doesn't like take the, hey, it's going to be great approach. He kind of like goes the, the other way. He says this, look, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves. Sheep among wolves. Sending you out as sheep among wolves. Interesting imagery. Like, if I was one of the 12, hopefully not the Judas guy, like one of the 11, like the good disciples, right? Nobody wants to be Judas. You're Judas. No, not Judas. Judas. And Jesus, you know, is like, hey, I'm sending you out to be sheep among wolves. I don't know a whole lot about sheep and wolves, but this is what I do know. Wolves eat sheep, right? Sheep don't eat wolves. Wolves eat sheep. And Jesus said, you're like, I'm sending you as a sheep, the appetizer, the lunch, the main course, whatever, depending on your size. But I am sending you out to people who want to eat you. Not so good. Not a good start. But he does say this, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. That's interesting imagery too, you know, this idea like, like the snake. The snake was, was uh, known as this kind of like wise or, or cunning animal, kind of like a coyote, you know, for us, you know, like cunning, clever. But he says, I want you to be clever and cunning like the snake. But I also want you to temper that and be gentle as a dove. I love that imagery. My, my son, Boo Bear, Eric, um, he's kind of in transition. He's 10, so he does not not sure if he's going to be Boo Bear or, or Eric. Just So I'm kind of in transition too on that. But, but Boo... Let's just say he's not the bravest soul ever to walk this earth, right? <laughs> like the kid has like, he's afraid of the color blue. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, yeah, it reminds him of sharks. And, 
And he has like dreams all the time that he's being eaten by something. <laughs> eaten by sharks all the time. Sharks eaten by sharks. Eaten by bears all the time. Eaten by bears. Eaten by, you, you, you name it, he's been eaten by it in one of his dreams. Except, never, ever, ever has he been eaten by a dove. As scaredy cat as he am, he's not scared of doves. So here we got Jesus saying, like, be shrewd as a snake, but gentle as a dove. So gentle that even Pastor Mark in 2,000 years, his son, not even afraid of him. No fear, because they're so gentle. Cool, gentle, <laughs> right? So here, I'm going to send you out as sheep. Amongst people want to eat you, but I want, I'm, not, I'm not sending you just unprepared. I want you to be clever and cunning. I don't want you to be an idiot, right? I don't want you just to walk up to the wolf and say, Hi, Mr. Wolf, I'm a sheep. Would you like to eat me? No, he's not asking you to do that. That would be, that'd be idiotic. No, he's saying, look, be shrewd as snakes, but, but harmless as does. And, and actually, I, I've been in this scripture a lot this week, obviously, because I was going to talk about it today. And like God sent me a redneck. He did. He totally did. I was driving along, and this guy in this enormous truck came up, and I'm in my heap of a yeep, you know, thing, like a little Jeep Wrangler. Wee! You know, it's got like an exhaust leak. It won't quit, you know. And this guy, you know, with his, you know, dual exhaust, blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole bit, you know. I don't know why he went around me. He could have just gone over me. But he chose to go around me and, and comes cutting in front of me and... Lo and behold, a message from God in the form of a bumper sticker on a redneck's truck. I was like sitting there and I was like reading it. I, I love bumper stickers. I just, it's just amazing to me how anybody can wrap up their complete worldview in a sticker that size is beyond me. But I love them. They're entertaining to me. And this guy had a quote, a bumper sticker with a quote. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. It was like, it was like this, and you'll know, you'll know why this was actually from God. Here's the quote. Apparently, it's from Benjamin Franklin. Democracy has been defined as two wolves and a sheep discussing plans for lunch. This is what Jesus is talking about, right? <laughs> Jesus is talking about, I am sending you as a sheep into wolves. And then Ben, me and Ben are tight, I can call him that. Liberty is a well-armed lamb contesting the vote. Oh, I just, I was like, wow. That's awesome. And that's the kind of way, like, Jesus is like, you know, I'm sending you out as a sheep for lunch to wolves. But don't worry, you're going to be well-armed. I want you to be clever. You're going to be wise and shrewd as a, as a servant, but I want you to be as gentle as a dove. 
And as we kind of got into, as I got into this scripture and I was thinking about this, like, okay, you know, Jesus is sending us out, but he's not sending us out unprotected. And he's sending us out for a reason. But he's like, I'm going to lay this out for you because, you know what, there's going to be certain groups of people who are against you. And I, I made a little chart that, that, that has, has these three things, that who is going to oppose a follower of Christ? And he basically outlines it in three different things. He says, number one, religious people. This always blows me away because you think religious people, like people always ask you, are you religious? And I always think about like, religious. No, I'm not not a religious person. I'm a person who has a relationship with my creator, but I, I, I wouldn't subscribe that, that I, I am someone who, who upholds man-made kind of uh, rules and regulations in order for me to connect with my creator. But he's, he's saying here in verse 17, he says, beware, you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged and whipped in the synagogue, synagogues in the church, the first century church, and you're going to be taken by the people who you think should be on your team, right? Like, I'm a follower of Christ, and the religious people should be on my team. Team religious people. But no, Jesus is saying, no, they're not. They're going to oppose you. Religious people are not going to be your buddies and they're not going to encourage you. In fact, they're going to pull you in front of their churches and they are going to beat you and they are going to flog you because you are a follower of me. So, okay, we got the religious people against us. The next ones are uh, the government. The government is going to be against you. And in verse 18 19, He says this, you will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other believers about me. When you are arrested, not if, but when you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. We talked a little bit about that last week. So this this idea that religious people are going to be against you, not only the religious people, but the people in power, because you are a follower of me, are going to be against you. This is the, this is the sending speech. Worst sending speech ever known to man. Right? Because, all right, guys, you're going to go. You're going to be sheep, bath, wolves, you know, and, and these people are going to oppose you, religious people, government people, and your family. I don't know about you. I really don't care if religious people are against me. Honestly, I expect the government to be against me. But your family's tough, man. Family against you is tough. Verse 21, he says, A brother will betray his brother to death. 
A father will betray his own child. I couldn't even imagine that. And children will rebel against your parents. Well, and cause them to be killed. Well, that's going a little bit too far, if you ask me. But Jesus is unpacking this. This is the sending speech. Lambs, you're going out. Religious people are going to be against you. The government is going to be against you. And you think you're safe in your homes? And thanks for playing. Your family is going to be against you. And you know what our reaction, at least my reaction to that would be? Like, this is a good time to panic, right? If there ever was a good time to panic, now is the time. And, uh, uh, you know, I put down fear, anxiety. I have anxiety about everything, but, I mean, that's nothing new. But fear, anxiety, and worry. Fear, anxiety, like, it, it just... I could just imagine just sitting there and our, our initial reaction without any context. If somebody told you, if I told you, look, you're going to leave here and all the religious people are going to be against you, the government's going to be against you, and your family's going to be against you because you are a follower of Christ, that there would, like, and if you believe me, if this was true, you'd be like, holy cow, I'm mean, like, really worried. I'm really anxious. I'm fearful about these things happening. So he goes on, just to make it better, says this, all the nations will hate you because you are my followers, but everyone who endures will in the end be saved. When you are persecuted in one town, flee to the next. I tell you the truth, the Son of Man will return before you have reached all the towns in Israel. And then he goes on to say, Students are not greater than their teacher, and slaves are not greater than their master. Students are to be like their teacher, and slaves to be like their master. And since I, the master of the household, listen to this, I, the master of the household, have been called the prince of demons. Just to let you know, that's not a nice thing to call somebody. The members of my household will be called even worse names. You know, he's talking about all these kind of different pressures that, that, that we are going to face as a follower of him. That, that these, these things are, are, are things that, that are going to present themselves in our life. My dad and I had a spirited conversation about this several months ago. Now, my dad is one of the most gracious men I have ever met. But every so often... He just doesn't see reason. But he usually gets it after I talk to him for a while. But uh, this was one of these, these things that, that him and I had this really passionate conversation saying like his, his, uh, his contention was if you are a follower of Christ, 
because you are following Christ and, and what he tells us, that your life is going to be better. And I was saying, well, that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says everyone's going to hate you. Religious people are going to be opposed to you. Government is going to be opposed to you. Your family is going to be opposed to you. And eventually, I think we came to the point that, that we were kind of like speaking past each other and kind of got to the understanding that, yes, that is true, that if we're truly followers of Christ, that you know what? We're going to be persecuted. Bad things are going to happen. That, that you know, but in America, we're blessed in a country that we're really not persecuted by religious people that much or, or, or government or too much of our, our families because of us being a follower of Christ. That is kind of an accepted thing to do. But there are challenges, right? There are challenges. And where it might be true, which my dad's point would be, you know, if you're not out sleeping around and, and being a drunkard, that you're going to live a life of less consequence, right? Because there's consequences of living that way. It's just reality. Like, don't believe me? Go talk with Charlie Sheen. I mean, he's like the poster child of, you know, of that. He's just like, look, you know, I, Charlie, I know you're the smartest man ever to live, but why do you think it's going to end differently for you than it has for everybody else in the history of the universe, right? But there's the other reality is, you know what? We could be persecuted at work. that We may lose our job because... We are called to a higher standard than the company we are working for is their level of ethics. And we may lose our family in, or we may be called to a country that doesn't have a favorable kind of outlook on being a follower of Christ. That these things are in the realm of possibility. And the, the truth is that more people have been martyred, killed for being followers of Christ in the 20th century than all the other centuries prior. It's just not our personal reality here in America, but for a lot of people, this is the reality. And I was talking with, uh, with somebody, I just, and this is kind of like where where I kind of like get guilty, you know, I think about all this stuff. It's like, wow, if I'm not experiencing this persecution, but Jesus said I was going to experience this persecution, and I'm not, what does that say about my faith? What does that say about me stepping out? How much of a testimony am I for Christ? And I don't have the answer for you on this. I mean, this is something that I struggle through. It's because I live a pretty good life. Like, I'm in a community that affirms me for being a follower of Christ. There's not a lot of conflict. But like I said, I was talking to somebody earlier this week 
that we're talking about Easter, and they're like, well, we're so excited about Easter. And I'm like, I'm very excited about Easter. I said, are you going to invite any of your friends? And they're like, there's this one friend that I really want to invite, but I'm, I'm afraid. I'm like, what are you afraid of? Like, I'm afraid that, that they'll reject me, that they'll say no. I was like thinking about that. Like that's, that's our level of persecution. That, that's our worry that a friend might say no to coming to Easter celebration. I mean, that's a real fear. I get that. I, I understand that there's relational pressure there. But, and that's what we're called to do, right? We're called to spread the love that we have and we've experienced in Christ Jesus with, with those who he's entrusted to us. And really, the level of persecution that, that, that we face as North American Christians, I'll just say it, historically or even culturally, would be laughable. So he has these, these, these possible pressures, and I've made another little kind of chart. One of the possible pressures is, is public ridicule, right? That in verse 22, and, and some will hate you because you are my followers. That, that, that everyone who endures the end, though, will be saved. But the, the truth is here after that is that, you know what? That God says this in verse 32, everyone who acknowledges me publicly here on earth I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. This idea that if we publicly acknowledge Christ as, as a follower of Christ and, and we do that in, in action and through baptism, that if we do that, 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 that we know eventually that, that Jesus will acknowledge us in, in, in front of his, his follower, in front of his Father. And public ridicule can be a real thing. But, but you know, these, you know, these kind of, this idea that eventually in, in verse, in verse uh, 27, he says, What I tell you now in the darkness will shout abroad when the daybreak comes. What I whisper in your ear, shout from the housetops for all to hear. In verse 26, he talks, everything that is covered up will eventually be revealed. And if we have an eternal perspective, then really who cares about the ridicule that is happening right now? Back in, back in the early 80s, I was at a house party with a bunch of my 80s friends. We're sitting around listening to like Wham! or something. Gotta have faith. No, it's not. This is before faith. You know, it's like, wake me up before I go, go. That's a good song, right? Wham! 
We were listening to Wham. I don't know if we were listening to Wham, but it is a distinct possibility that we were listening to Wham. And we were sitting around, and we were talking, and, and there was this guy who, in our group, not sure why he was in our group, but he was in our group, and he happened to be there. And, like, he was like a computer geek. Like, before that was cool. Before, I mean, this is like before, like, Steve Jobs and... and and uh, uh, who's the Microsoft guy? Bill Gates. Yeah, I was like, Bill somebody, Bill Gates. Like, they made the nerd cool, right? This is before that. Like, they're just, like, getting their, you know, their teeth cut. And we're all sitting around talking about, I don't know, how to get our hair more puffy. I don't know what we talked about the 80s, but whatever it was. We're sitting there, and, 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 and this, this guy said, you know, I've been thinking about something. Like what? He said, I've been thinking about starting this business. What I do is I'm going to buy a bunch of computers, and I'm going to put them in a room. And this is what it's going to be able to do. Businessmen, instead of sending a letter are going to be able to log on to their computer and send a message into these computers, and then it will send their message electronically to the person they were sending it to. And we started making fun of this guy... We're like, you idiot. Why would anybody want to send some electronic mail to you so you can forward it off to some other Yahoo? Like, this is the dumbest idea. I remember we just lit this guy up, up and down, just, just telling him how dumb this idea was. It was the stupidest idea ever. I'm in Tallahassee. He's in Beverly Hills. (laughs) Everything that is in secret and is being publicly ridiculed today eventually will be shown right and it will be revealed. We made fun of email because We didn't understand it. People make fun of faith because they don't understand it. But Jesus says eventually, eventually, it will be uncovered and it will be revealed. Next thing that possible pressure, he says, is is we'll undercome threats. But don't be afraid of those who threaten you. Verse 26, he says, For the time is coming when everything will be revealed and all his secret will be made known to all. That everybody. So if somebody threatens you because of your faith, I will fire you if you do not do this. I don't care what your principles are and who you follow. People will threaten us. Jesus says, don't worry about that. You follow. Let me take care of that. Or physical arm. 
Verse 28, don't be afraid of those who want to kill you. They can't touch your soul, your soul for only God who... Who, for your only God who can destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Don't be afraid of physical harm. And then finally, a possible pressure is being rejected by loved ones, which, you know, we've already talked about. That's the hardest one. Verse 34, Jesus says, Don't imagine that I came to bring peace to earth. I came not to bring peace, but a sword. You don't see that on a lot of bumper stickers, do you? I have come to set man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Your enemies will be right in your household. If you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than you love me, that's a tough one. If you love your son or daughter more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Not many of us are ever faced with that decision. Faced with a decision, if you follow Christ, you are not part of our family anymore, that you are considered an enemy. My mom was faced with that decision. She was uh, raised in a Jewish home. And she came to America and met some bluegrass playing Gentile. And she eventually became a follower of Christ. And she eventually married my dad. But before those things happened, she was told by her father, if you follow Jesus and if you marry this man, we will pronounce you dead. You make the decision. It is the family or it's your faith. Tough, tough call. And she made the call that, you know what, she was going to follow Christ. And they pronounced her dead and did not speak to her. She would send them letters and update what was going on in her life. But it was not until after my brother was born, years later, that she even had the first communication from them. Not all of us, thankfully, are called to that level of having to make a decision, but it does happen. And the question is, are we as followers of Christ ready to make that kind of stand? I just want to leave with this. Verse 38, if you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. You know, the cross has become kind of like a, a fashionable thing for Christians, right? You know, we have our, our crosses, and I'm not against that. It's just, I mean, it, it's just, it's, a lot of times it's an accessory, right? It, it's, a, it's a bizarre accessory, though, because if people in the first century saw people walking around with crosses, they would think that you were like a, a 
Satanist or, or sadistic or something was seriously wrong with you because the cross, what the cross represents really in historically is the depth of evil when left unchecked where man can go down to. This is a brutal and disgusting and despicable form of torture that took hours and hours and hours to finally kill off a person. I heard somebody say once that the, like the electric chair is the equivalent of like wearing an electric chair around your, or a symbol of electric chair around your neck. Like you have to be a rapper or something, you know, there's a whole electric chair. But a little electric chair, like a little cross, is the, 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 it's the equivalent, but that's completely wrong. It's completely wrong. Like electric chair I mean, is really humane in comparison. Like electric chair, I mean like, yeah, your hair's going to stand up on end for a few seconds. You're going to smell a little funky. But you're toast in the matter of a few seconds, Right? Like, I'm not advocating the electric chair. Like, I'd rather, you know, go to another broken, and egg, another broken egg and have breakfast, you know, or something like that. Not electric chair, but, but have been given the choice. Cross or electric chair, it's not even, not even a choice. Man, light me up like a pinball machine and, and uh, pull that switch because it's going to be over. Not the cross cross is just the, the, the most disgusting, despicable form of torture that has ever been conceived by man. And Jesus is saying, that is what it means to be a follower of me. To willingly pick that up every single day And to follow me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, and love others as yourself. And people are going to oppose you if you're truly following me. But know someday all will be revealed. And you will stand in front of your Creator and hear Him say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You guys pray with me. Lord, being called to an elevated life in you, as a follower of you, I think few of us, including myself, understand what that really means and the depth of sacrifice that entails. Lord, I just pray that as we enter into Holy Week, a week set aside for your purpose, as we move toward Easter, that we will be able to really settle in our minds what it looks like for us to be a follower of you. To line up how we follow you against this, what you've said and bring us into line 
with what you've envisioned for our life. We love you, Lord. Amen.